the greatest thing to me that I love is uh, hearing the way that you honor the artists that you have on. Stories make the world go round. They capture our minds, pull at our hearts, and inspire change, growth, and development. It's just your genuine human appreciation on a deep, like, soul level for what artists do. This Your podcast is really dope. I'm your host, Cello, and welcome to Bedroom Beethoven's, the podcast where we discover some of the preeminent music producers and entertainers of our time, and I turn them into storytellers. What's up? This is J-Rock, and I'm right here. I'm chilling on the Bedroom Beethoven's podcast. That's what it is. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 176 of the podcast. My guest this week is... I go by RMB Justice, producer based out of Chicago, signed to Taylor Gang Entertainment. Big, Some of my biggest records, um, Wiz Khalifa, Weedem Boys Remix, uh, that was with Rick Ross, Nas, Schoolboy Q... I've done a song with Prodigy of Mob Deep. Yeah, so on, so so on and so forth, man. Met her at a party. I was sipping chin. She was burning on the chronic. Thunder beat the Lakers. Now the rain of supersonics. Chain hella flossy. Waiting for you to come over here and put it on me. You down to ride it. You like say no more. Try to hide it, but I can't no more. And God bless me with game, but I ain't playing no. Instead of fucking with lames. He ain't said nothing but a word, twist up the earth. Tell your friends they ain't gotta catch feelings. There's enough room for all y'all. Skinny, fat, tall. Believe me, I'd have seen it all. Done it all. Born a ball. Do it big, never small. The weed I'm smoking all. The weed I'm smoking all. Come over here and tell your homegirls, go ahead, roll another joint and get straight to the. Versatility and persistence are a deadly combination of characteristics. They're much needed weapons to have in an artist's arsenal of traits. For Taylor Gang's in-house producer R&B Justice, these are the qualities that got him nominated for a Grammy for Best Rap Album of the Year in 2015. That happened to be Black Hollywood by Wiz Khalifa. So aside from uh, you know his production, recording, and print, he's also been responsible for administering Glitch Realm. It's a sound design collective who've produced gold and platinum records for a multitude of artists. He's been on Mortal Kombat 10, um, Netflix... You know, we talk about everything from living his greatest timeline into his 30s and the musical journey that got him to where he is, including humble beginnings, his W's, higher education, and much more. But first, though, if you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend. Tell a friend, because word of mouth is the best way to get this show in front of more ears. And this episode marks a very special milestone because it's my last episode of the year, uh, of the year 2022. I now move into my fourth year of doing this show, which is no small feat, and it will continue to be a labor of love, too, if you want to support me. So, you know, by listing, you already do. Don't get me wrong. But I set up another avenue I think you'll like, patreon.com slash bedroombeethovens. I got to plug it every episode because it's such small potatoes, guys, a buck or two a month. And in return, you get early episodes and you can go to bed at night feeling the comfort that you're helping a creative do what he loves to do. In other words... As we close out this year, I got a lot of people to thank. J57, The 5-7 Collective, Rick Chavez. I want to thank everyone at Taylor Gang for believing in me to allow me to do these interviews. And at the top of the year, you know, this is bucket list stuff here, guys. I'm on J. Rawls and DJ Retmatic's new album, Roll Reversal. I am the intro of the album. And it comes out in February. 
And it was a surprise. I didn't know they were going to do that. But they use an excerpt from an interview I did a few years back. And Rhett Maddock of the world-famous Beat Junkies told me that I helped shape the tone of the whole album. So this year was amazing. Next year will be even better. And I hope you join me listening to these stories. I just want to boost up every creative in the world one week at a time. So with that all out of the way, Happy New Year, episode 176 with the great and powerful R&B Justice. Yeah, I know you were. I know you were motivated to do a rhythm roulette series this year, but this is the next best thing. So I appreciate yeah. you being here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. It's it's funny you mentioned it. Me and me and Sledger were trying to figure out one way or another how to get a hold of someone over at Mass Appeal, and just it hasn't worked yet. But we're still we're still pushing for it for sure. No doubt, man. We could start. We could start. Uh, small man. How's your How's your sleep schedule nowadays? Are you still an early riser? Good question, man. You know what? Especially since having a child. I mean, she's two now. I mean, I feel like I'm more of an early riser now, but it's it's also becoming like a mixture of late nights, early mornings. You know what I mean? So it gets tough, but, you know, like even this morning, I, I went to sleep early last night, maybe 8 p.m., and I woke up, I don't know, 2, two o'clock, 3 o'clock, you know, and I lay there try to you know decide to get up and do something go back to sleep then get back up so yeah the early riser thing happens from time well, to time fatherhood aside though do you do you create better at like four or five a.m i'll say i'll say more so probably yeah yeah um just because i have more i guess privacy to kind of while out how i want to while out like especially now for example i use my headphones like especially you know while everyone's knocked out sleep or whatever I got the desk and the laptop, the big monitors, everything in the bedroom. So, I, you know, I don't want to blow everybody's ears and stuff. But, but, yeah, I'm just more comfortable at that point. Yeah, you, your your mom is an early riser, too. She wakes up early. Hell, yeah. Like, early. She wakes me up sometimes. She'll, she <laughs> might send me a little message on, on Facebook Messenger or, or call me or whatever. And it's just like, dang. Like, I, you know, she's a musician as well. But it's just like, dang, like. I was expecting you to be knocked out for at least three, four more hours. I swear. Like, yeah. Did Did you know that? So your mom cooks dinner right after she makes breakfast in the morning. <laughs> right, bro. Yes. You hitting the nail on the head. Like, yeah. I swear. Like maybe a few days ago, she, you know, I called in in the morning to check in to see everything. Everything was cool at the house, and she was like, "Yeah, I just finished putting dinner up." I'm like. I haven't even eaten yet. <laughs> I think I think for her, <laughs> I, and I don't know, it, it might work for a lot of creatives, but I, she, it's like I'm going to get all the household duties out of the way first so I can break up my day into publishing, painting, composition. Yes. Or like, you know, compartmentalize her creativity. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly it. Just to get the, you know, get the normal stuff out the way, the, the mundane, the routine, and then kind of get get weird afterwards for sure yeah and because you mentioned that you score like netflix shows and i was like well how did mm-hmm. he how does like a rap producer segue into that but you know it's got to be connected because your mom scores films she's done over 200 films and yeah. she even has performance art at the museum of contemporary art whoa how are you finding this out you're like nardwarring me <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll I'll say it's this. I mean, especially when I was younger and coming up, like I, it helped me bite. It helped me get you know get bit by the bug as far as music, but it also helped me keep my you know my ideas open and my my mind open as far as creating certain things. So it would kind of make me a little more inclined to reach out to people that aren't just rapping or aren't just R and B singers. Or, you know what I mean? Because we're already around enough of them and. I felt like at one point, once my foot was in the door enough, like, and I actually landed some stuff, it was starting to make a lot more sense. Well, yeah, I mean, because you, you grew up listening to, um, you know, Incubus. Incubus has actually been on this podcast, so that's kind of cool. And, I mean, you were doing wow unofficial remixes for, like, Dead Mouse, you know what I mean? So, Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. How are you finding it, man? You know what? I got to do an internet scrub of myself, man. That's crazy. Like, I definitely had... Shout out to Dead Mouse too. Like I had a huge EDM period. Like you might have seen it. It's called. It's like an old EP I did called Need More. I was huge on Dead Mouse, Tiesto or Tisto, however you say it, uh, Cascade, like just house, you know, Cascade's from Chicago also. So it was like, I fell down that rabbit hole for at least three, four years. There was a, there was a brief overlap where EDM and hip hop tried to bridge. Right, right. Tried to make a new genre almost. Yeah. I don't know if that landed or not. Maybe Lil Wayne tried, tried it. You know, <clears throat> if I remember kind of cloud, cloudly, it, it yeah, yeah, it's like it's kind of like you got those types, and then you got like the rappers who turn completely into it. Like I wouldn't necessarily say like Black Eyed Peas, but you know, Will I Am will do anything under the sun. But he's also a producer. But then you got people like Flo Rida and Pitbull. You know what I mean? Who like were trap rapping, like rapping, rapping, and then turn completely into no disrespect they damn near the same person you know what i mean and and from the same area so but yeah it was definitely a thing yes and you know your mom is scoring soviet silent films from the 1920s and you're scoring modern series on digital streaming services so you guys are covering mediums that span a hundred years in just one generation and that's how much talent is between you and your mom so that's pretty crazy man no thank you and and honestly shout out to my mom shout out to Chicago Modern Orchestra Project, like I literally work for them. You know what I mean? At the same time of doing all my own stuff. So it's funny you mentioned that when she brought me, you know, brought the idea of those movies. I didn't really understand what it was, but yeah, you know, next thing you know, we saw it on TV. I was like, oh shit. Well, I was, you know, I was about to ask like the cliche question of like, man, that, you know, do you live mm. in your mom's creative shadow? But then I see you and William Porter engineering scores for her. So it, it's probably not so much as a competition as more so like we lean into each other's creativity. Oh my God. How do you, man, I gotta be honest. You have, you have the most thorough information. <laughs> shout, shout out to Tony Porter. So man, I should, I should have done this interview at my, at my, uh, at my parents' crib, but yeah, it's, you know, I grew up around them. You know what I mean? Like when I was coming up, my mom played for the orchestra, the Chicago Symphony, or Chicago Symphony. And I'm just seeing all that happening. It's just like, of course, you know, tidbit. I used to want to DJ before I wanted to produce. I didn't really understand the the logistics of actually creating it yet. So 
just kind of seeing it and being around that kind of energy, you know, granted they much more older and I'm 10. You you made a, and I'll, I'll tell you how I know that you made a fortuitous move to establish R&B justice productions in the middle of a pandemic. So your, your LLC is public and I, and I, and I don't want to get, you know, distracted by the fact that establishing an LLC in a pandemic, like while most producers had the fear of the unknown, you're making official business moves. Damn, bro. I just kind of had to make the decision. I was either going to be secret and rare about stuff and possibly miss out on certain opportunities, business, clients, customers, what have you, or just go all the, just go all the damn way. So, wow. That's what's up, man. I don't look. I don't want to. I don't mean to freak you out. I just. I want. I want this to be like the standard for every interview you do moving forward. Yeah. Where if people people want need to respect your time, you know what I mean. And like a lot. A lot of interviewers are just like, hey, you know, where'd you get your inspiration from, and when's your next CD coming out? And I just feel like I respect your time, so I got to do the homework. You know what no, I mean? No, no. And honestly, honestly, bro, I completely appreciate it because you know sometimes you do get the people that interview and you know don't do it. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) simply like, and you know, even to, to touch back on address stuff like, and COVID, I mean, there was a time I was, I was at my parents for a second, like a month or so. And I was working on a tape. It's called called six one being my birthday, June 1st. So I did it a little differently and just wanted to, you know, be live on Instagram or this, that or the third or what have you. And, um, just kind of show A to Z, but the very first song on that is called actually Sundance Drive, which is the street I actually grew up, grew up on. You know what I mean? The previous house, so which ain't far from that house, but you know what I mean? So yeah. Well, is that the origins in the uh was that in the DMV area, Chi Town? No, yeah, this is this is Chicago suburbs, like I town how Indian Oaks, like maybe shit, if we're talking outside of downtown, maybe twenty five minutes, give or take. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I grew up. Calorie and happened to, geez, I don't know. Was I 10, 11, something like that? It was definitely y- Y2K era for sure. And who's Michael Baker? That's Pops. Pops does photography. So everybody's creative. Yes. Everybody's creative. Yeah. 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 Pops is, uh, the photography. I actually, I work with him also for his, uh, his, when he does his shows, like his, his art shows or, you know, we put up the tent, put up his stuff and. He's doing he's doing well on his own like that. And that really wasn't a thing for a while. It just, you know, he he's always taking pictures, always taking photos, you know, got a room full of the stuff. But then it kind of became business, you know, oriented. So, yeah, that's amazing, man. And there's a, there's a record on your wall. The Groove Merchant presents. Why is that a significant album for you? Honestly, so I'll, I'll be completely honest. Like, it's just the assortment. I think there was a point in time like now, mind you, I went to the record store and I got that. It might have been 10, 12 bucks. It was a cheap record, but I was digging deep into like Coltrane, uh, Duke Ellington, you know, the the guys, right? The Blue Note record stuff. And this record just kind of caught my eye because I'm like, damn, there's like 10, 11 people on the front that I've never heard of. And it's actually pretty good. So, I mean, it just kind of, it's just one of those things that helps me throw a curveball, especially when I'm creating stuff. You know what I mean? I might play it every now and then. I And I'll say, and I'll be honest, I've never sampled from it. Never. Well, now that now that you've had time to let that record marinate, who's the goat? Is it is it Ruben Wilson? Is it Chick Corea? Is it Jimmy McGriff? Who you got? I like Chick Corea. That Jeremy Steve guy. I don't remember what song he did. 
on there, but I think he he did something pretty crazy towards the end. But you know, I I'll be honest, I I looked at the book and I looked at the sleeves and stuff. I, I more so I remember Chick Corea. I mean, I don't really know. I'm looking at it right now, mind you. Like Groove Holmes, they don't stand out to me. But of course, shout out to him. And plus, honestly, it stood out because the design on the on the, the cover. Like you know what I mean? I do I do artwork for people sometimes too, and I I might just grab certain things and just see people's art direction. Honestly, like you know, if you see a good record or something stands out to you at the vinyl record store, shit, I might grab it. You yeah, know? I'm gonna I'm gonna put out into the universe. If you're on Rhythm Roulette, I hope maybe you you pull a Chick Korea record, dude. Of course, I will. I you know <laughs> what's crazy is so shout out to Sledger once again. Sledger had this show where they gave him like a box of stuff, right? And, you know, like hair clippers, I think it was like a slinky dog from Toy Story, you know, stuff like that. Like, I want to be able to be thrown the curveball. And we just want, we're just trying to get that platform being rhythm roulette. Like, we could make our own, of course, but I'll gladly pull a Chick Corea snippet off there. Why not? Because people don't realize how much like that, the funk, blues, jazz, like, I'm starting to really realize how much it doesn't just influence rap like that, uh, that Dave Grohl Pharrell yeah. video. I think the reason why it blew so many people's minds is because it was right under our nose the whole time. Wait, wait, what you said Dave Grohl. Which one? Yeah. So when he did Smells Like Teen Spirit and he he borrowed that 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 drum pattern. Pharrell was actually one of the main reasons I started experimenting a little more with making beats. Like of course we hear all the I mean, well, him and, and Dilla and Timbaland, honestly, and Dr. Dre, but Pharrell, especially when I first heard uh NERD. You know, when he had the band with Chad and Shay, like, of, co- of course, I, it was just different. And then he, I don't even know if you can find the original one anymore, but he had the original version of the album, which had like synthesized drums, drums that you could get on the computer, yada, yada, yada. And then he had the band replay all the songs. And that was the first time I ever heard like a live version. You know what I mean? Not like a, not like a MTV unplugged, like intimate coffee house version, but like a band replaying the whole song. You know what I mean? This maybe inspired your first beat CD, which was uh, on. Oh my god! The, the, oh my god! The general beat compilation one. <laughs> oh my god, bro! Stop it, bro! <laughs> so, Stop it! I mean, this, this was on uh, Fruity Loop Studio Three, so this is like way back. So, if, I mean, if you go back ten years and you listen to that, do you cringe, or is there some stuff on there that you could build off of and turn into something? I'm you. Oh my god! I don't know how you even found it, but. What I will say is this, I have not heard any of those beats in at least seven years, but you might already know this. My mom has a stack because clearly we're burning CDs at that time. She has at least 20 CDs of like 30 beats each. When that was my name, swear, like it, it just, I don't know what I did now to pair with that. Before I even got on a computer, I still have the keyboard. My daughter plays with it now. It's called a Yamaha DJX, right? Like the first little home keyboard that had a turntable scratch on it. I had saved beats in there. Like you just, you know, get your little pattern, get your 10 seconds, make whatever you can make. I, I Those I definitely cringed on. So I already know I'd probably cringe. At anything I made on Fruity Loops three. What are they on now? Fruity Loops Swear. like what version are they on? <laughs> Twenty one, man. That's, that's crazy. A lot of people, a lot of people go home to their moms it's, and look at old photos and everything. And you can go back and like look at old beat CDs and 
<laughs> yeah, swear, swear. Like it's. I mean, now, now, granted, they did jump eight versions because they had a twenty year anniversary, but still, you know what I mean. It's just, it's, it's a lot of progression. I mean, it, it's what I started on that, and well, that and reason, reason one, I also started on the same time. Well, your mom went to Vermont College of Fine Arts, and you went to Robert Morris. How come you didn't follow in your uh, your your mom's steps in that regard? You know what? Honestly, I didn't. I, when I when I first came out of high school, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do the typical go away for four years, have a dorm, do all that. You know what I mean? Or did I want to start at junior college, end up at Robert Morris, finish there while I was also working? And that's and that's just kind of what I ended up doing because at that point, mind you, my first year of junior college, shit, two thousand eight, we did a Wiz record. Or something like that, or maybe it was Chevy Woods, or something, something around that area, to the point where I was like, "All right, well, granted, you know, what I mean, they're in Pittsburgh, I'm in Illinois, Vermont, or something on that side, or just any college." Uh, I, you know what I mean? I was, and plus, I didn't want to lose the money from the job at that point, so I was like, eh, "I'll take my take my chances." Yeah, I, it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when I first heard Wiz. He did a song called. Talk to me with a T pain look on it. Talk to me, yep. And I, I talk back. Yeah, I was in Texas, and I just felt like I was the <laughs> only person in the world who listened to Wiz because yep. Wiz is all the way up north, and I'm in Texas. So I, I was like, and then Black, yeah. Black and Yellow came out, and I felt like I almost felt like I discovered him. You know what I mean? It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 wild, honestly. How I even heard of Wiz at first, you know, I was I, it was that first year of college, and my boy, you know, we used to skateboard. We wanted to get sponsored and do all that crazy stuff so it was like he told me and i was like what is what is wiz khalifa like i didn't get what he was saying you know he put me on all his music and long story short that was right when twitter happened you know what i mean so social media became quote unquote a thing and i started reaching out to people because i didn't really know how else to navigate and managers started putting emails in bios you know what i mean no one even knew that was going to be called a bio <laughs> at the time like so i just started shooting my shot and it worked it took about a year and a half but it worked chevy woods was your first feature i think i want i feel like chevy and me did something first yeah for sure so I want to say. So right when you graduate college, you got your your BlackBerry. You're sending beats out on Twitter. Do you do you send beats Facts. to Taylor Gang to Wiz directly? At that point, no, no, I had no idea how to do it. I think I, at that point, I found one of his managers at the time, and I just emailed. 
And if I can remember correctly, I got the email back saying like, yeah, we like these three beats. He told me just to send MP3s. I mean, that's all I was exporting. Any no one was doing wave files or M4A. No one knew any about anything about that. So I sent some MP3s, and if I remember correctly, uh, he responded back in a year. <laughs> the manager in a year, and he was like, "Yeah, we like these beats. They're going to be used for uh, another artist that was on making the band with Diddy, uh, Freddie P, right? Freddie P, yeah, in Florida, yeah." And I think one of the songs was either going to feature Wiz or they were doing like a a collaborative project or something like that. Clearly, I'm sitting here like, do whatever you want to do. I just need to get the exposure. Seriously, like I got to work in like three hours type stuff. You know what I mean? Just whatever we can do to get it going. And then next thing you know, I know I came home from class one day and uh, Wiz started doing his day to days, like, you know, his blogs on YouTube. And he was hanging out the car with the speakerphone and um it was the beat, but his vocals were on it. I didn't hear anything about Freddie P. I didn't hear anything else from the manager or that label. And next thing you know, I get a hold of, you know, more people from Taylor Gang. And it's just been history ever since. It, it definitely worked out the way it was supposed to work out because the Freddie P, I think the music industry chewed him up and spit him out. Yeah, I was surprised when, it, when they told me Freddie P. Because that was, I mean, well, <laughs> actually, let me let me rewind. I think I had a song with Chopper City first before even Chevy. And I don't know if you've looked up Chopper City and what he got going on, but you know, you know, they were both in making a band. So I was like, all right, cool. But yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. The turmoil that happened was they, they, and this is collectively, they all said that Diddy made $43 million off the band and he only gave them $500,000 to split. I got to be honest. I, I mean, we everyone knows or has an idea of how they think Diddy moves, you know what I mean, or might not move, or what he might miss. I, I'm not surprised. You know, I, w- I would have to see something super specific as far as terms and all that, and that's not even my business. But hey, <laughs> well, well, let me ask you. And and I, when I ask this question, I'm not trying to come out of pocket. It's just more like a it's more like a human nature thing. But you know, if you come from a like a, a modern suburb in Chi Town or Illinois, and you su- you supply beats for a superstar who lives in a newly built eight million dollar mansion, and you're on the same team. How do you have your head on straight to where that keeps motivating you? Because it's a fine line between oh, that's motivating me, and damn, I'm selling beats to a guy who has way more success than me, and that mentality can breed hate and jealousy. So how do you maintain positive motivation from that so a producer doesn't end up feeling like a modern day Freddie P? No, yeah, I mean honestly, I just I kind of just. I, I know it's very cliche. It's easy to say. I just kind of stick to the plan that I made, you know, at first, you know, I mean, this, this was before Taylor gang. This was before anything. Like I had a couple of ideas of how things worked. Clearly I would have needed to get, you know, deeper into the game like I am now or deep into the industry like I am now. But you know, there, there's like core, there's core values that I had as far as, yeah, I mean, all the way down and not changing my sound up as versatile as I think I can be or I feel I can be like there's always a, a mission, a main mission. And, you know, when if these artists are doing that, I, you know, all I try to do at the end of the day is communicate well, not not go too crazy, not be too upset, not be too mad, not be, you know, out of pocket, like you said, but like just add value every time, even if it, even if they think it's overwhelming, I'd rather have more than not enough. Every time. 
I also think your timeline is very like serendipitous. Like you're as a you know you're 32, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you graduate college right when Twitter's getting big, and you're you're it's like you were born at the right time for your life's timeline to add up with the world's technological advancements for you to take advantage of that. Like you take a mirror selfie, you make it the cover art, you take an MP3, you send it to some guy on Twitter. Yeah, the artist blows up. Yeah, I mean that 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 might be lucky, but it's also accessibility, and you took advantage of it. I honestly, I think is. Literally forty nine fifty one and the fifty one percent being luck. Honestly, I like I I literally remember the Wiz record Homicide, right? The one with the YouTube and all that. I previously had that beat on SoundClick, right? And SoundClick was doing okay, but I wasn't doing amazingly well. You know what I mean? It, it was just something I was like, all right, I can send my sell my beats from home. And I I remember specifically the beat used to be called I Am Legend, like the Will Smith movie. And there was a picture on YouTube of me in a mirror with a big ass T-shirt on and these little eyeglasses. And the moment that whisting happened, I had to delete that immediately. Like they didn't even tell me. I was like, I'm not going to look this corny. <laughs> when, <laughs> now, now that we're here, like regardless what happens to it, now nah, we got to take that down. Man. Let's take it down. That's crazy. I- so, yeah, yeah I, I think, uh, you know, from a mainstream high point, I would say 2015, you're up for that Grammy. And you know what? I'm, I'm, revis- I'm revisiting the nominees. Um, Common, Nobody's Smiling. Me, this is just me. I think it's his weakest album. Yeah. Iggy Azalea, nope. Schoolboy Q yeah. is dope, but he's not winning. Yeah. And then there's Eminem, man. If yeah. Eminem didn't drop an album that year, I'm pretty confident that you'd have a Grammy on your mantle. I'm just saying. Yeah, it- no, no, and I, I've heard the same. I've heard the same narrative before. I mean, I mean, of course, for one, for starters, everyone is excited that you know that's that was with his. I mean, he there was rolling papers, but there was always to me that was being told to me. Like people were like, "What you gonna follow up with?" And I'm like, "Bro, I don't know." You know, because Wiz, Wiz had a purple hair period. Wiz was going crazy, like not going crazy in a bad way, but experiment, right? So when Black Hollywood came around, or maybe. Maybe I have it backwards. Long story short, like we were just happy to get the nomination. But correct though, because Wiz aside, any artist aside, Eminem is nothing to mess with. I, I grew, you know, what I mean, we grew up on Eminem. Like in high school, making beats, rapping. What? Everyone wanted to rap like Eminem with the fast syllable stuff. So yeah, he's a problem. He's always a problem. I think Eminem has entered that realm, though, where, like, if he's nominated, he's going to win just based off the legendary aura around his name, you know? Really not. I, I honestly, only only other person I would probably put, like, as far as that much longevity in the game besides Wayne, I mean, is Eminem. Honestly. As far as that many records? Yeah. Wayne. Yeah. What were what were your sentiments that day? Do you recall? Were you were you confident, excited, or you don't really care about those type of things? No, I I went nuts. I remember I was at work because I remember going to L.A. for those studio sessions. Actually, yeah, it was me, my boy from actually out here, my best friend since like three was in the studio with me. We were all in there, and I forgot I had to work at nine in the morning. I mean, I knew when I left out there, but I forgot at that point in time. So I was like, well, shit, I gotta leave. I told Wiz and everybody, y'all gotta go. It's four in the morning. Uh, I came home, landed at O'Hare, went to work, and then, you know, however long later they, you know, tell us the nominees, and I'm like, what? I'm at work, like, however long later, just doing my normal shift, and I'm just like, no way. Like, I didn't even show anybody at work. I, you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I kept it to myself, because 
unfortunately, like you said, sometimes people just act weird. No one wants you to show something that they know they can't do sometimes. You know what I mean? I, I kept it to myself. I, I was smoking cigarettes at that time. I smoked like three back to back, chain smoked them, and just sat there in the car. Like, you know what I mean? It was crazy. Yeah, it's it kind of it's bittersweet that like it's tough to that you can't just scream from the mountaintops because you're afraid the world won't celebrate your W with you. The people that I was working with that day, one were either in a different age group to not even really, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, good job. And that <laughs> you taking lunch yet? You know what I mean? Like it really wouldn't be a convo, but. That would just that just kind of felt like a personal win that maybe honestly I could probably share with Twitter and get a better response because at least those are people that are a little more in tune with my field of work aside from work you know what I mean so I kept it to myself but you got the plaque though so that you got something tangible it hangs on the wall facts facts I needed that I needed that I mean and I you know like on Instagram I hung it I hung all of them in my parents' basement like just so y'all can remember. Just so when the youngin grows up, she sees what the hell went on at that time. Like, is there any way? Is there any way to? Do you have plans to get a Grammy that's not tied to Taylor Gang? Like like any Netflix shows? Do they do they get some kind of um? um I don't know. Sound design Grammys that maybe you you can get other nominations for outside of the rap lane. That I actually have to look more into, but I do know um, they did kind of open up the the gate a little bit as far as video game music. Like, I know they just recently had a video game awards thing, which is probably their own, you know, type of award. But um, I have to double check to see if that's even a category, because, of course, if so, especially with, you know, I call them sync records. Why not? I I would super go for it. Um, But, yeah, I definitely have plans. I want to I want I want everything. I I selfishly want everything. You know what I mean? As as much as a team player as I am, I want to. I'm coming for whatever I can get my hands on, respectfully. You know what I mean? So, there's a res- there's a resurgence. There's a resurgence too. It's a good time because Tekken Eight's coming out. Yeah, Street Fighter Six is coming out. Yeah, you know it's a good time. Oh yeah, like and I'm not I'm not as much as a gamer as Sledgeon is, but like yeah, I'm I'm more of a Call of Duty head anyway. But yeah, like you know, especially and those are those are like staple games. You know what I mean? Like people in my age group, thirty and up, we know Tekken, Street Fighter, the the you know what I mean the the Mortal Kombat's the Killer Instincts all at the Streets of Rage all those type of games so for more opportunity to be open for that oh for sure for sure well I think we established sure. you. you're just as hungry as ever so I'm 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 wishing you that you know that that Grammy is in your future man yeah it's all good <laughs> uh, let's focus on present Thank day you. man I, I hope you had a fruitful 2022 and and I do want to give you the floor to tell people about your 2023 projection, what you got cooking, yeah. where people can find you, all that good stuff, sound packs, glitch realm, anything. You yeah, want no, I mean, 2022 has been a really good year. Um, I've worked with a bunch of new artists that I would have never expected to work with, made a bunch of new relationships, whether, you know, colleague, not a colleague, mentorship, anything you could think of, just, you know, aside from who I've been already grounded with, Shook hands, rubbed elbows with a lot of good people um, this year. Made a lot of really good music, and people have seemed to really like them. Um, 2023, there's already some music that's going to come out. Uh, I can't say the date, but January. There's there's a lot. There, there's a lot that 
I'm kind of juggling, balancing, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Just as far as pushing the envelope, that's really that's really been my main thing, you know, even way back when. So now that I can kind of do it on this platform and then still try to expand the horizons, you know, I think you guys are, long as y'all stay tuned for, you know, what we got going on, y'all are going to love it. So it's been a great 2022. Like you said, if you want to find me anywhere on social media, I've tried, <laughs> I've tried to make it not as confusing. Um, Instagram is R&B Justice, just with a Z, not a C. Z's and zebra, you feel me? Twitter, it's justice. Uh, glitchrealm.com. Instagram is glitchrealm. You know, rnbjustice.com. That's like my main headquarters that I <laughs> finally got back. But yeah, that that's really, those are my few main stomping grounds. And you want anything, you know, regarding me, regarding the team, that's, those are the places you go. Of course, taylorgang.com to see, you know, my Taylor Gang stuff. But yeah. I try to keep it as simple and concise as I can, man. There you go, man. Whenever you want to celebrate a W or even if you want to talk about your L's, man, my platform is always open for you. Thank you, bro. I greatly appreciate it, man. I, I got to give you I got to give you a plaque now for knowing all this. Not you you got a <laughs> you got about eight plaques for as as much information as you found, but no, you know, that there's it's 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 a blessing to even be in this type of, you know, this field of work and people even want to, you know what I mean, do homework on you and find, you know, just find out how human you are, you know, so. I appreciate you, man. Thanks. For sure. For sure.